Life Radio's Living Witnesses with Mary Graham. We have two very special guests with us today, Marcus and Adam Slutie, and they are a couple of young men, brothers, obviously, last name, and they are spending a year with the Marian missionaries. Can you tell us one at a time, how about if we go alphabetical order, so that means Adam goes first, what who you are and why, just briefly, why you chose to spend a year with the missionaries. It started my senior year of college, which was actually almost exactly a year ago. Uh, I was looking for something to do after I graduated and was looking into some service opportunities through the Catholic Volunteer Network. And I found a couple that might be interesting. I definitely wanted to go abroad. Uh, and I would contacted them and was getting ready to apply. And uh, it was actually the week before I graduated, and my brother... I uh, said, hey, I'm going to go up to, to Massachusetts for three weeks as kind of a come and see, but also just to, 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 to see this group that's forming. I said, well, sure, why not? Like, I don't have any plans yet for my summer. Like a week later, I was in Massachusetts after graduating. I had just done my Marian consecration for the for March 25th last year. And then uh, I, I couldn't say no to Mary. And then after coming up here and spending three weeks with uh, the Marian missionaries and and the Marian's Immaculate Conception, like, I couldn't say no again. I had to stick around. So that's when I, I decided to give my year to the Marian Missionaries. What is the Marian Missionaries? It's a group that formed basically in May of last year. The idea is to give a year of service, discernment, prayer, uh, and community with other young men, roughly in the like out-of-college age, but they do accept older and younger. And you, you give that year of primarily discernment and desert where we can leave like the world and the culture mm-hmm. of, uh, of America and we can focus on our identity as Christians and to develop that. So that way, no matter what you're called to after your year of service, mm-hmm. that uh, you're fully prepared to be a Catholic Christian like in our world today. It's an amazing opportunity to, to slow down and get out of the, the busyness of, mm-hmm. of what the world tells us to do today, which is just education straight into your career and you know, to be a member, productive member of society, but to slow down and to remember that God's at the center of everything. And uh, that, that's the focus. It's geared toward the individual and their discernment and their identity. Okay, Marcus, so it sounds like you were the instigator here. How did you hear about the Marian missionaries and what inspired you to take this year out of your life to spend with them? Well, I definitely would say that uh, I was not the instigator <laughs> that the Holy Spirit was. <laughs> well, you instigated your uh, brother. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think the Holy Spirit through me did, <laughs> but uh, no, it, it it started actually feeling the Lord calling me to do a more direct form of ministry. I'd kind of tried to discern what that, that would mean for me, and I ended up deciding that I felt like he was saying to start with a year. I was looking around at different organizations. I, I respected a lot of the organizations that are out there. I thought a lot of the organizations are really great, and they're doing tremendous work. Uh, actually had gotten accepted into Focus and was considering going into focus, but even still things didn't feel quite right. And I, I didn't have another direction to go. So I, I guess I, I considered it, maybe I would just be mortifying myself to, okay, well, you know, I don't think it's exactly right, but um, you know, maybe everything doesn't have to be exactly perfect. I was just kind of going in with faith into finishing my application with, uh, with focus. And it was actually in at the end of March and the beginning of April, that somewhere around there that I ran into Eric and Lewis who were doing the Marian missionaries of, of divine mercy at that time. I'd spoken with them in, in a very brief time. And I, I knew that that was where the Lord was, was calling me. And then as things got even closer, probably even 
toward the end, like actually it was only a couple of days before I left, I'd invited Adam to come down um, because I was, I was doing uh, actually another Marian consecration and, and had felt the Lord tell me to invite Adam to come. And, and sure enough, was, that was what he had planned for him too. That is beautiful. If someone is interested in learning more, where would they go to find that out? Well, there's a, there's a website, um, setallafire.org, and I, I believe they're, they're setting that up so that way if, if people are interested and they visit the website, there's a way to get in contact with uh, the Marian Missionaries Divine Mercy to take things uh, forward to look into it more. I do believe they also have a new website they're working on, marianmissionaries.org. That's marianmissionaries.org. We're going to get back now to Chapter 12 of our retreat, 33 Days to Morning Glory. Adam, can you begin by reading the first paragraph for us, please? Sure. St. Maximilian used to give spiritual conferences to the new men in his religious community, the novices. One day, he taught them a lesson they would never forget, how to become a saint. The future saint began by telling his listeners that sanctity isn't so hard. It's the result of a simple equation, which he wrote on the blackboard. Big W plus little W equals S. Big S. The capital W stands for God's will. The small W stands for our wills. When the two wills are united, they equal sanctity. This lesson wasn't just for the novices. Colby repeated it over and over in different ways to his whole community. In Poland, Colby had founded the world's largest Franciscan monastery, which he named Nipokolanov, City of the Immaculate. And he continually urged the more than 600 friars there to become soldier saints for God under the generalship of Mary Immaculate. Why under Mary Immaculate? Because among creatures, she alone does the will of God perfectly. Therefore, when our wills are united with hers, they're necessarily united to God's will. Here are just two of the countless examples of how Colby would make this most important. Let us pray much that we would understand more and more what the Immaculata said at the Annunciation. Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, let it be done unto me according to your word. As God wills it, so be it. In this thought, all happiness is contained already here on earth, all destiny fulfilled. Let us beg our Blessed Mother that she might teach us how our soul might be a handservant of the Lord, as was her own. God did not reveal himself directly to the Mother of God, but rather through a messenger. We too have divine messengers. Let us pray that we would know how to say to every one of these messengers, God's will be done. And in this is everything that we are placed upon this earth to learn. To be one in will with Mary of the great fiat, the only human being whose will has never deviated by her choice from God's, is to be perfectly united to the will of God. And it's this alignment of your will with His that is the pressing business of your life. Doing God's will is not easy, unless we have the Immaculata's help. Through the Immaculata, we can become great saints, and what is more, in an easy way. Becoming a saint was Colby's number one goal literally. In his retreat notes, before his ordination to the priesthood, he made a list of his spiritual goals. The first goal reads, I wish to be a saint and a great saint. He knew the Immaculata would help him even make the path to great sanctity an easy one. How does Mary make sanctity easy? We read many reasons for this last week during our closing reflections on St. Louis de Montfort's teaching, but Colby emphasized another reason why Mary makes sanctity easy. It has to do with her being the mediatrix of all grace, an idea he expresses in his formula for Marian consecration. God is willed to entrust the entire order of mercy to Mary. 
It's God's will that she distribute his graces. Why? Because it's God's will to unite himself to Mary by his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not act except through the Immaculata, his spouse. Hence, she is the mediatrix of all graces of the Holy Spirit. And hence, it's easy to become holy when we stay close to and ask for graces from the one whose very job it is to distribute them for God. We can get a better idea of Mary as mediatrix of grace if we look at her image on the miraculous medal, which comes to us through her apparitions to St. Catherine of Labore. Colby was deeply moved by this image because it depicts Mary standing on a globe with rays of light streaming from the rings on her fingers. These lights represent graces. In one of the apparitions, Catherine noticed that the rays did not stream from all of Mary's rings. Mary explained that the rays and graces were available, but did not come because nobody asked for them. Colby's way is not just to ask for these graces, but to allow Mary to take us completely into her hands. So to make us channels for these very graces for the whole world. We'll learn more about this way tomorrow. Just ponder that. That is incredible to think that God has these graces just waiting for us. All we have to do is ask and nobody's asking. That's incredible. That is really incredible. So I guess we need to ask ourselves, are we ready to be an avenue of these graces for the whole world, for our brothers and sisters, for our friends and family? We have a couple of minutes still before the end of this break. And I wanted to ask, speaking of graces, how has this almost year now, you've been with Marian missionaries for almost a year, how has this impacted you and what type of graces have you received? Uh, tremendously. It's been a great grace to be here. I'd say probably one of the greatest graces is is that of community, um, being able to dwell together with, with your brothers and uh, to build one another up and to, to challenge one another and, and learning to express charity in its, in its simplest forms at times is, 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 a, is a great road to sanctity. Now, have you made a habit of severing most of the technology that's available within the world today? There's never been a rule for how much technology you can use, different things like that. I think naturally when you're spending a, a little more time in, in prayer um, and what this year is devoted to, you end up spending less time with technology. Like we don't have cable in the house. Nobody misses for it or even really asks for cable in the house. And we don't really necessarily even have time for that. I think that's another grace that there's, there's been plenty of things for us to do. And I think a lot of guys really yearn to, to spend more time in, in prayer. So it's really not been something that's been too much of a consideration, to be honest. Marcus and Adam, I am so excited to get into the discussion questions in our 33 Days to Morning Glory Retreat Companion and hear how the past year will influence the answer that you're going to share with us today. But first, let's recite our daily prayer. Come Holy Spirit, living in Mary, unite my will to the will of the Immaculata, which is one with your will. Coming up, those discussion questions from the 33 Days to Morning Glory Retreat Companion on Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses with Mary Graham. In heaven, a great wonder was seen. Crown of twelve stars and moon under her feet.
Radio's Living Witnesses with Mary Graham, our guest today, Marcus and Adam Sludy. They are a couple of young men who've taken a year out of their life to serve the poor and needy of the community with the Marian missionaries in Massachusetts. I am really looking forward to how they answer the questions as we continue our our retreat in preparation for Marian consecration. We are working in Father Michael Gately's 33 Days to Morning Glory. This is a 33-day preparation to commit our lives to Jesus Christ through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. In just a moment, we are going to go through the questions in the 33 Days to Morning Glory retreat companion. First of all, I want to give you a little bit of reminder that Real Life Radio is a listener-supported radio station. If you like the programming that you're hearing here from Real Life Radio, drop by the Care to Share page of our website at realliferadio.com. That's realliferadio.com and see how you can help keep this radio station on the air and keep this ministry going. We're going to get into questions one and two now from the Retreat Companion. Question number one. We ended yesterday's meditations with a prayer for renewal, the renewal of the face of the earth, What renewal events do we perform in our ordinary life? Rest and relaxation on vacations, wedding anniversaries, trips or celebrations, family reunions. How is Sunday liturgy a weekly renewal? Really excited to hear how your experience over the almost year now is going to impact your answers on these next couple of questions, especially this one. The Sunday liturgy, yeah, that's an amazing time for renewal. In Christ, everything becomes new again. So we're just receiving our Lord is an amazing opportunity to, to recommit ourselves and to remember, like, also where we failed in the penitential rite of the Mass. And as Mary missionaries, we have the great privilege to go to Mass every single day. Through going to Mass, we say the penitential rite at the beginning. We renew our spirits in trying to do God's will and remembering that we have failed and that all of us fail. But through that, that rite, we can ask forgiveness, and prepare ourselves to receive our Lord, who, like I said before, will make us new again. And I can say, too, that speaking from my own experience, I'm sure many of you will also agree that sometimes the time that we set aside for relaxation doesn't end up being as relaxing as we thought it would be. You're stressed out and you end up going to the sauna or you go to a hot tub or you you go Mm -hmm. somewhere, just go and relax. And you end up finding that you, you're walking away and you're, you're virtually as stressed as you were before. That's where we find the phenomenon that our hearts will not rest until they rest in you, O oh God. I find that oftentimes that unrest, that stress, is actually a call from him back to himself. Spend a little bit of time extra in prayer. You know, we're, we're busy. We have commitments. But to set a little bit of time aside for him, especially on Sunday, and that was part of what the question was asking, how is Sunday liturgy a, a weekly renewal? Well, I, I would suggest that we're, we're called to, to, to take that Sunday in whatever ways we can and to be a whole day of, of rest and relaxation set aside for him, set aside for family. It's there that we typically find our rest, too. Question number two in our retreat companion says, All happiness, St. Maximilian says, is contained in the will of God in our lives. Mary Immaculate chose freely and perfectly to let God's will be done in her. In a list of things you believe are God's will for you, at this point in your life, write a short request for help from Mary in imitating her attitude of fiat. Let it be done unto me. Maybe in group discussion, if you guys even want to talk about where God's will is in your life. I think that's an amazing uh, practice uh, to do in our daily lives. Uh, It's definitely something that we as married missionaries do every time we go out to do ministry. No matter what it is, if we're walking into a soup kitchen or into a nursing home, or if we're just 
showed up in the streets of Boston and uh, we're going to spend the day walking the streets and uh, talking uh, to people maybe that uh, need a positive presence. And uh, at the beginning of the day, we always offer a petition to Our Lady asking her to lead us and to guide us wherever we need to go. And if we're not docile enough to the Holy Spirit to go where it's leading us, that she take us by the hand and bring us there or bring whoever we're supposed to meet to us. And it's been a very powerful prayer. And a lot of us had amazing experiences where, where we don't know where to go. And immediately someone flags us down. You would never expect it in the city of Boston where, where people are, are busy running around, but then maybe, you know, I think one time a dime rolled out of someone's cup that they were panhandling, they were begging and a dime rolled and landed at our feet. And like, we look at the dime and we look up and <laughs> we make eye contact with that person. And we just know that that's a special calling. Other times, like I said, people will literally flag us down. Can you help me with this? And, and that doesn't happen, like typically in, in the streets. So you're saying the needy people of the community are associating you as a source for help and assistance. They wouldn't recognize us as that, but for some reason, like they're, they feel inspired, even though it's probably the first time they've ever seen us. So you're not out there wearing something that says, hey, I'm here to help. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Our approach is to be, be brothers and sisters to those that we meet, mm-hmm. to be a presence of love to them through the love that we show them that they can see the love of God and that our whole goal of going out is to see Christ in them. Mm-hmm. Because it's kind of like a bilateral movement where we want to be Christ to them, but we're also encountering Christ who is in them. When we go out there, like there's, there's no agenda, there's no mm-hmm. handouts, there's nothing except love. And that does shock a lot of people. They expect us to maybe preach to them or give them a handful of Bible verses or right. something. Uh, that's that's not what we do. And that's kind of the <laughs> one of the revolutionary approaches that we have is that approach of pure love. They're our brother and that they're worth our time, no matter how long that may be. So how, at the end of the day, does that make you guys feel? One second. Feels that good, huh? Um, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's an interesting question. I, I mean, mean it, I'm sitting here yeah, thinking. I'm sitting here thinking. I'm so jealous. Why can't I be a young man right now? <laughs> <laughs> I want to go yeah. do that. <laughs> it is it is a joy to be used as an instrument in Our Lady's hands. But it's not always the happiness that, that everyone kind of assumes that you're, you're going to receive out in ministry. Oftentimes, you know, you can you could just be rejected. Um, you could spend all day getting rejected from, from place to place. You might even have, in some of the worst cases, people that will either spit on you or will be yelling and screaming at you. But nonetheless, we, we view what comes from our Lord and Our Lady as being good, and we know that they're trustworthy. We, we know that those experiences are... What are, what are helping us to become the, the men that, that, we're, that we're called to be. We trust, too, that when we ask that, that she lead us and that she guide us to those who need to be loved and that the people that are supposed to love us come to us and love us, that we, we trust that that is, is truly happening. I would imagine there's probably also a little bit of a sense of, of despair of just wanting to fix everybody. Uh, we, try to, we try to avoid that, actually. We, we try to hope beyond all hope. Um, because it says in the scriptures, the love is patient, love is kind. It also says, love ho- believes all things, love hopes mm-hmm. all things. And truly, when we go, we, we believe that love is an end in itself. 
Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? Love is in itself. That means that when we go to the streets and we, maybe someone is, a, let's say this person rejects us, so we, we're, we're doing our best to love them. I, th- I think it was St. Teresa of Avila that said, and I could be wrong, that, that just the desire to love is love itself. So when we're going up to them and we're attempting to love them, like that, that is very really love itself. Love is God. I mean, God is love. So where where that love is is the presence of God, and we believe that that's that's transforming, regardless of whether it gets accepted or not, whether they reject us, throw it back in our face. We 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 live in the hope that what we're doing there in that love is transforming in itself. And I also think that a part of the the joy of encountering rejection, but also maybe maybe someone doesn't reject us, but what they have to say is very troubling, and that it maybe it's something they're struggling with. Or something, you know, maybe we ourselves struggle with. Through them, we see our own struggles, too. The next day at Mass, we can offer up all the sufferings of those that we meet. Offer up the things that are on their hearts and their prayer intentions. And that, too, is something that, that is also helps us be joyful about what we do. Is that even, like, usually the people that open up the most are the ones that need healing and are the ones that are have been troubled. So hearing them out, offering whatever consolation mm-hmm. or counsel that the Holy Spirit gives us to give to them, we can also take what they're going through and offer it up for them if they're not in a position themselves to ask God to take that from them or to to heal them from it. Uh, So that too is a lot of consolation for us from what we do, even when it's tough. It's a beautiful ministry that really demonstrates living witnesses in the communion of saints living here on this earth. That is outstanding. That is going to wrap up our first two questions for the day. You are listening to Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses, and we are preparing for Marian consecration. We are on day number 12. Coming up, we'll have questions three and four from the Retreat Companion, written by Carol R. Younger. If you would like to get a copy of the materials we are using, you can get them at 33daystomorningglory.com. That's 33daystomorningglory.com. If you would like to learn more about the Marian Missionaries, you can visit them online at marianmissionaries.org. That's marianmissionaries.org. If you are a young man or know a young man that you think would enjoy this opportunity, by all means, look into it. They initially go for a week or a few weeks at a time to discern whether a full year is a commitment they want to make. There are also opportunities online to pledge and support this ministry. Again, that's marianmissionaries.org. Coming up right after the break, we're going to have questions three and four on day 12 of our 33-day preparation for Marian Consecration on Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses. In heaven, a great wonder was seen With a crown of twelve stars and moon under her feet The handmaid of the Holy the sun, woman clothed with the sun, since time began, you were always the one in God's plan, the ark of the new covenant, salvation for man.
back to Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses. Our guest today, Marcus and Adam Slody, and they are giving a year of their life to the Marian Missionaries of the Divine Mercy in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Question number three, though we probably don't see angels, we do receive divine messengers. St. Maximilian assures us of this. Can you recall some of the messages to which you said, God's will be done? What prompted your reluctance to accept God's will in other instances? Countless times. (laughs) God's will be done is what we call the the pious prayer. I don't know if that's from a saint or something, but we call it the pious prayer that, that no matter what happens, that we trust that God's will would be done. Through our reliance on the mercy of, divi- of divine mercy, we don't really like to call it a devotion very often because it's the nature of God and, and who he is. It's not just a devotion. It's, mm-hmm. it's something that is true. And so like I say, through our reliance on divine mercy, we build that, that trust of God. Um, like every divine mercy image mm-hmm. will always have that, the words at the bottom, Jesus, I trust in you. Mm-hmm. And the, the whole image is centered around helping us trust in him and his goodness and that he defeats darkness. And I think, too, just to, to speak a little bit about the ministry that we encounter, one of the things that I'm sure has been a struggle for many of the, the viewers here, too, that suffering is, is real and that when we encounter suffering, it can be a very challenging stumbling block to our trust. You know, if God is good, then why am I encountering what I'm encountering? Even just yesterday, actually, I was, I was talking to a young woman about suffering and about how God is, is good even through the suffering. The, the ways that we that we answer that are very important. One of the the things that we were I was sharing with her yesterday was, of course, the the aspect of free will and that we do have the freedom to choose good and and also to, to choose the evil. Even though the true freedom is is choosing the good and, and rejecting the bad. But that being said, we also know that God works to the good for in everything for for those who love Him. And even, and I can speak for for myself that the times where I look back in my life and I see tremendous suffering, I, I see fruits being born in my soul. And I think even in suffering family members, we can see the same, that they, they're sometimes humbling, probably most of the time humbling. Mm-hmm. They lead us to that docility or we're in a place to receive the Lord better, where, you know, if we, we get, we encounter challenges to our trust. And when we work through them in faith, we end up finding that our trust is strengthened. I found that to be one of the the bigger stumbling blocks, that when we're able to work through, our, our trust is purified, and we can learn to say, God is good in all things. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away, and blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> That's beautiful. Question number four reads, Mary is often invoked as mediatrix of grace. In other words... Through her fervent prayers, which are inspired by her motherly love for us, God is pleased to give us so many graces. It didn't have to be this way, but it was God's good pleasure to give us a spiritual mother through whose hands we receive grace. Mary's motherly care for us in order of grace is depicted in the miraculous medal, first shown to St. Catherine Labore, where rays of grace flow to the world through her hands. Which graces do you desire to come from her hands to you, to your family, to your friends, and how about even to your country? You know, one of the things that initially jumped out to me there is, and you had read it actually when we were doing the the reading earlier, that there are many graces that go unasked for, that do not get achieved because they do not they go unasked for. One of the, the things that you can see through Scripture, too, is that the Lord is telling us to ask 
um, asking you shall receive. And there are other places too where he's saying, ask something as high as the sky. Our, our hope should move us to do that too, but we can't get to this place where we're just totally paralyzing God's will and therefore I can't ask for anything. In fact, the Lord says the opposite. Please ask me for things. Always yielding that final fiat to whatever his will might be. And prayer really is, is that dance with God. And I think it's important to him that we're asking because it means that we're communicating with him. So he's inviting us as a dance with him to, to be asking for things, to be participating in his work of salvation, not because he needs us to, but because he's designed it for us out of his, out of his mercy. Something that really strikes me in all of this is there's graces that are not being asked for. Does that mean that I can ask for graces that other people aren't asking for? It's, you know, can I be a grace hoarder? <laughs> <laughs> you can. You can actually do that. You can actually ask for graces that, that go and ask for. And specifically, there's, you can ask for the, the mercy. And I, that's uh, something that St. Teresa of Lisieux does. She asked for the, the mercy that others were unwilling to accept. And that's, that's certainly a part of those graces that, that people are either unwilling to accept or are unwilling to, to ask for, too. One of the graces that we can ask for ourselves as well for our families and friends is the grace of conversion and a greater trust in our Lord. Um, to go back into the stories of Marcus and myself, uh, one of the things he did a long time ago when he did his first Marian consecration, he was on fire. And <laughs> what he did was actually in the authority that he had over me mm-hmm. as my older brother, my oldest brother, as much authority as I have, Mary, I consecrate my brother to you. From that, like Mary asked for patience mm-hmm. and, and for a few things from him as well, asking him to do things to keep in touch with me, uh, to maybe give me inspiration. Mm-hmm. But I think it was about four years, three or four years that you've been praying this. Yeah, for for a while, certainly. <laughs> I, was, I was praying for my, my brother. Um, and once I experienced my conversion, or well, not like a single solitary moment, but from that time that like I truly understood that like God was good and was calling me to himself, I experienced a flood of graces. And in no time, I, I was swimming consolation from God, mm-hmm. but also hearing his will for me. And being able to accept it, maybe it's contrary to what I had been planning, through kind of his, his prayers and asking for graces for me that I didn't even know I wanted. It, it brought me a, a stronger conversion to our Lord, and especially to our, our Blessed Mother through my consecration, which, I like I said, was a year ago. And that, uh, that's always a beautiful thing to pray for, is that grace of conversion to be a stronger witness for our Lord. And maybe another way of, of answering that question, too. Certainly, it's, it's good to pray for those things which are the, the deeper truths of our lives and the things that will benefit us for our salvation, which asking for a deeper trust, a, you know, a deeper conversion uh, for being able to turn away from, from the sin in our lives and turn more surely toward Him. But also, and again, your child is, is sick. I think he, re- he really is calling you to pray for, for your child, to pray for the healing. And it, it's not always that we need to be offering just the prayers for a deeper trust, but I think, you know, being attentive to what the Holy Spirit is, is asking of you. And sometimes, you know, and I've, I've heard people that they pray for a parking spot. They're going through, you know, Mary full of grace, uh, help me find a parking place, I think is what I've heard before. <laughs> The Lord, sure enough, he, he answers even the, some of the simple and um, even, you might say, cheesy prayers at times. When it's coming from that place of trust, and it's coming from that place of you know, an authentic relationship with Him, I, I think even those prayers are, are pleasing to Him. And I think He likes to have a little bit of fun with us as well. So I, I think really to, to just have a, a spirit of asking and of, and of trust 
is very important for our, our relationships with Him. That's going to wrap up our time for today. Thank you so much for joining us on this 33 days of preparation for consecration to Christ through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Adam, can you please pray our closing prayer for us? Come Holy Spirit, living in Mary, unite my will to the will of the Immaculata, which is one with your will. What amazing living witnesses here on the Living Witnesses show. That was Marcus and Adam Slutie, and they are giving a year of their life to the Marian missionaries. To learn more about the Marian missionaries, you can visit them online at marianmissionaries.org. That's marianmissionaries.org. And from what I understand, what they have right now is geared towards young single men, but there are other opportunities either in the works or going to be here soon. Find out how you can bring divine mercy to those in your own community and your own homes. That wraps up our discussion questions for the day. We are using the 33 Days to Morning Glory book that was written by Father Michael Gately and the Retreat Companion. If you would like to get a copy of these materials, you can find them at 33daystomorningglory.com. That's 33daystomorningglory.com. I invite you to go to that website. Order them today. It's great to listen to the podcast, but it's really nice when you have a few extra minutes or something maybe strikes you really strong to be able to go back to the book and reference where we're reading from. Maybe do your own meditations, sitting in quiet in the mornings or in the evenings or at lunchtime in your car whenever you get a break and jot down some of your answers to the questions that we're asking. We'd also love your input on our blog site at 33daystomorningglory.com or on the podcast site. There's comment sections there. It'd be great to hear from you. We'd love to hear your input, your answers, your thoughts on the entire consecration, on the readings and questions we've been asking during our Retreat preparation for consecration with the 33 Days to Morning Glory. Do-it-yourself retreat booklet. Coming up after this break, we are going to take a look at St. Louis de Montfort's spirituality. His first 12 days are spent just kind of priming the pump, getting you ready for the more serious prayer time that's about to start tomorrow. So stay tuned. Last day of Easy Street with St. Louis, right here on Living Witnesses with Mary Graham. Now 
is the time in our consecration preparation that we look at the spirituality of St. Louis de Montfort and what were the prayers and readings that he looked at as he prepared his heart to be consecrated to Jesus through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Today's reading for St. Louis de Montfort comes from Thomas A. Kempis. It's back to Book 1, Chapter 25. It's entitled, Imitation of Christ. If you would like to read this reading, it is on fisheaters.com. Our first prayer for today is once again, Vene Creator. So we listen to this prayer being sung. Let's ponder our first two discussion questions. Question number one, we ended yesterday's meditation with a prayer for renewal, the renewal of the face of the earth. What renewal events do we perform in ordinary life? Rest and relaxation on vacations, wedding anniversaries, trips or celebrations, family reunions. How is Sunday liturgy a weekly renewal? And question number two, Mary Immaculate chose freely and perfectly to let God's will be done in her. In a list of things you believe are God's will for you at this point in your life, write a short request for help from Mary in imitating her fiat. Let it be done unto me.
Though we probably don't see angels, we do receive divine messengers. Can you recall some of the messages to which you said God's will be done? What prompted your reluctance to accept God's will in other circumstances? And our final question of the day, which graces do you desire to come from Mary's hands to you, to your family and friends? How about to your country?
prayer that St. Louis focuses on is the Magnificat, which comes directly from the scriptures. Let us pray. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. That is Luke 1, 46 through 55. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Well, that wraps up day 12 of our preparation for consecration to Jesus through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. As we study St. Louis de Montfort's spirituality, you will notice those first 12 days were actually preparation for the next three weeks, at which point the real prayer marathon begins. You will notice an increase in our prayer time and prayer commitment tomorrow with St. Louis. It'd be great to hear some feedback from you. We'd love to hear what you think. Please make comments on our podcast comment section. Share your thoughts on the meditation questions. We'd love to hear from you. You are listening to Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses. Real Life Radio is a listener-supported radio station. If you would like to help this ministry, you can visit realliferadio.com. That's realliferadio.com and click the Care to Share button. After we finish this 33 Days to Morning Glory, we will go back to our regular programming here on Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses, which is the story. It's all about the stories. We'd love to hear your story. Email mary at cultureoflifemedia.com. That's mary at cultureoflifemedia.com. You are listening to Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses. You're listening to Immaculate Mary by Mary and Grace. To hear more, visit us at lovegoodmusic.com.